Welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach Podcast, where we empower you with weight loss surgery, nutrition knowledge, mindset advice, and inspiration, so you succeed in your weight and health journey. I'm your host, Jane Stoltz, and I am a bariatric dietitian who has helped over 1,300 people on their weight loss surgery journeys. I'm also a solo mum, lover of long walks while listening to podcasts, partial to a glass of wine, and the ocean is my happy place. Join me as I dive deep into bariatric nutrition and lifestyle topics and deliver them to you in bite-sized, palatable episodes every Monday. Now, let's go. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Bariatric Nutrition Coach podcast, where I have a lovely guest with me, and I'm really excited to have the lovely Jo with me to talk more about her bariatric journey. So welcome, Jo. Thank you very much. (laughs) Jo and I have known each other. Well, Jo worked with me for about, was it correct, about nine months, Jo? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lovely. Jo and I to have a really good chat about her journey because I know people get so much value out of hearing other people's or other patient journeys. And Jo has a wonderful story. She's done amazingly well and she's worked really, really hard. And yeah, I'd love first, Jo, for you to introduce or share a little bit about yourself uh, to start with before we get into your bariatric journey. All right, I am 49 <laughs> and I presently live in the United Arab Emirates. I have always been a very physically active person. I am naturally quite shy, but I have learned to push myself beyond those boundaries. I am a marketing manager for a software company. And yeah, I, I've really been on a journey in the last year and a half. It's been a big learning curve more than anything else, I think. And for me, it's been very, very positive. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, no, I know you love the ocean. So probably a good place to start is why did you decide to have bariatric surgery? What was life like before you made that decision? So I know I made the decision to give myself a future to be honest, um, more than anything else. I'm happy. And I think when I finally made the decision, I was actually a little bit scared about where my life was going. To go back a couple of years, I was very sick and I've been on very strong medication. And unfortunately, the medication really messed up my metabolism. By the time I made the decision to have the surgery, I was fighting a losing battle, I felt. Uh, Every month I was putting on two kgs. I had a personal trainer. I was training five days a week. I was eating next to nothing, which we know is not great either. And I just kept on putting on weight, putting on weight. And then my doctor turned around and said to me, listen, I needed to start taking cholesterol tablets. I was uh, borderline pre-diabetic. Every month I was getting sick. I was getting flu. I was inflamed. And I just really wasn't happy with where I was at and what my future looked like. If that makes sense. And so, yeah, so it took me a long time to make the decision because I did feel like I was failing because there's a lot of people in the world who make the decision to lose the weight and off they go and do it. Um, Unfortunately, I 
was not one of those people. It's not not where I was at in in life or what my my physicality was able to do. But I also found that while I'm not an emotional eater or I don't believe I am, sometimes if I was bored, I would eat. But the problem is that the bigger you get, the more boring you become. And the reason I say that is because it's number one, it impacts your ability to do things. Like I said, I'm quite a physical person. I like to surf and ski and run and go to the gym and do all of those things but the bigger you become the harder it is on your knees just everything your heart the whole lot and then also I found that it had started inhibiting me I'd stopped putting myself forward I'd stopped going out and doing things so when I said I just became more and more boring to myself and so I was unhappy and I just thought if I keep going on like this where where does it end and it didn't look to me like it was going to end in a happy place so it was a very hard decision. And can I ask, how long did you think about it? How long were you confident that the thought of it? Because it varies for different people. But I think that's, for somebody listening, might be before pre-surgery, might be really relating to the things that you're talking about and how you felt at that point. So yeah, I'd love to know. So I'd heard of a friend who'd done it about three years previously. So it had been in the back of my mind, but it really wasn't something and then obviously when my doctor said, listen, I need to go on cholesterol tablets. And then, and at that stage, I was like, right, I really need to seriously think about this. And I, and I properly thought about it for six months easily. I think I even potentially booked and then bailed on an operation because I still wasn't 100% sure that this is where I wanted to go because it's a big step. And, and the thing is what I had to realize, I did a lot of research, which is the right surgery for me? Why do this one as opposed to the other one? What are the after effects, the pros, the cons? Could I deal with those pros and cons? I mean, some of the things you need to obviously be on on multivitamins for the rest of your life, as it were, no matter how well you eat. And we'll come to all of yes. that in a minute. <laughs> but And then I realized I was already on multivitamins and I was already doing these certain things. And I think for me, it was more of a mental process. You really do need to mentally be prepared for it because it's not a quick fix. It's just the beginning. It's just a tool to help you get to where you're going. And now, best decision I ever made for myself, 100%. When I eat, I get energy. When I exercise, I lose weight. I feel fitter. I feel better. I feel stronger. But I have committed to that as well. I train five times a week. And when I say I train, I mean, I I at least walk. If I do nothing else, I'll do 30 minutes of walking every single day. And I'm happy to do that because I feel fit enough to do that. And it's a slow process. You don't start off running. But yeah, sorry, what was the question? Yeah, (laughs) there was that quick, yeah, how long did you decide or take take to decide and think about it? And It sounded, well, when you were talking, I thought it's a very common thing that comes up is really that being unsure of what the other side's going to look like and being concerned about things that often never happen. And often what people worry or are concerned about before surgery is often quite different to what's there as more of a challenge for them after. But Mm -hmm. it is a process. I can't remember the source, but I've heard someone say, their statistics say that people spend on average two years thinking about Mm pre-surgery, contemplating it. Yeah. So that's on average. So some people longer, some people shorter, some people quite short. It really just depends. But all those things you talked about are really very normal. You research, contemplate it feeling like is this going to be the best option is life's going to be better after and what's it going to look like and 
is it different? Obviously, it is, and you're really happy, and you got to this point. But in those early days, was it a bit different after surgery than you thought it would be, or was it roughly? Did it go roughly how you thought it was going to go? Mentally, it was not as easy as I thought. I thought I was more prepared for it. And mentally, I still had that I failed kind of thing, which is a silly thing to say, because I did try everything that I thought I, like I say, I went to an endocrinologist, I went to a, a PT, I, I, did, I tried a, a nutritionist, but not in the way I should have, I realized afterwards how little I understood or, or know about food. So yeah, so from a, a mental perspective, it did still take me a, a little while, but I realized that food wasn't really my issue. From a physical side of things, the actual operation and the recovery was so much easier than I thought it would be. One of the things I did for myself, though, was I committed to no drinking for any alcohol for six months, um, at least, because I wanted things to heal properly. I wanted to give myself the very best footing, and you've you've had a major operation, so that was something. And I think what I discovered is that you really do need your cheerleaders around you. You need those trusted people that you do tell and ask to help because yes. nobody understands it. Nobody does. People's perceptions of what it is versus what it actually is, is two very different things. So you do need your cheerleaders and they do help you going forward when dealing with the rest of the world, because you still have that whole, what are people going to think? Yes. Yes. And to be honest, it's got nothing to do with anybody else. It's about yourself and your own health and about how you want to live the rest of your life. Do you want to be fit? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be, you can't just do it and think it's going to just change. You still need to put the time and the work and the effort in if you really want the best out of it. From a food perspective, I noticed there were certain foods that I love. I love a good steak. I'm South African. I couldn't, I, I didn't agree with me in the beginning. And I think it's the, the sinew, I think, in, in steaks, my body couldn't process properly. I've been very lucky. I'm not really a big bread eater, but if I did eat sort of a soda bread or something, it would expand and it would make me feel nauseous and ill. So I needed to understand those limitations. And something I learned from you was about intentional eating. Think about your food as you eat it. One of the things I realized pretty quickly into it was sort of, I think two months into it, I realized that I knew nothing about nutrition and food. One of the things they say is you've got to have between 70 to 80 or 80 to 90 grams, depending on who you are, or what your weight is, of protein. My understanding of protein is cheese and eggs. Mm. And cheese, eggs, and protein shakes. And I realized that I was defaulting to that all the time. And I thought, I can't live my life on cheese, eggs, and protein shakes. And I really, really needed to learn more about that and how to set myself up for success. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's a great point because a lot of people do approach me to work with me and think and say, look, I know a lot about nutrition, but this is not working or that's not working. And I think not misunderstanding, but it's not really, it's one you need to know about what to eat and those things but it's also very the life and eating and managing post weight loss surgery is quite different so it's coming into kind of a weight loss surgery eating pattern and and life so that is yeah there is there is that distinction between non-bariatric and bariatric but I would love to talk about the topic you brought this up in the middle of what you're talking about then Joe was giving yourself or asking six months of no alcohol okay and that's a wonderful uh, thing to do. I know you have a social lifestyle. 
<laughs> in Dubai. And I'd love you to share a little bit about how you manage being in the non-alcoholic space for six months, living in Dubai and working and socialising for work and being quite social and all of that. I'd love to know more about that. I used a few tricks. (laughs) So I think partly to trick myself and to trick other people. So if I went out, um, I would order, so if I had a glass of water, I mean, you can order juice and all of that, but I tended to stick with water because that's what I personally like. I found that juices were a bit acidic for me, but I would drink it, I would have it in a wine glass. And as long as the glass that you're drinking from looks like it's contains something alcoholic. No one, nobody no one cares. No. Yeah. And then obviously I, I have a couple of, of very good friends and that news so I had two friends particularly that knew what I was going through and what I was dealing with and so when we would go out with with other with other people if people were sort of pushing people will say oh have a shot have a this have a that they would be like oh actually they would either just say, oh no Joe's on meds or they'd be like oh I'll take her a drink or so they would they would definitely help me a lot but the, the main trick was actually drinking out of a glass that that feels like you're yes. at a party. Because yes. it, it helps myself as well. Subconsciously, I found if I've got a glass of water in a water glass, I tend to drink two or three sips. If I'm drinking it out of wine glass, I finish it. <laughs> <laughs> but also feeling like you're not left out and just getting part, not only alcohol there's, and being out socially, there's an experience. So it's part of that experience. Yeah. And even having, and I talked to other clients about mocktails and things that you're having that experience and but your friends sound wonderful I was just thinking also one of your friends if they're taking the drinks that people bought for you they were probably like not happy with you the next day but they end up drinking more but it's lovely that you have that yeah so no lovely I wanted to I suppose delve into that a little bit because I think that's such that can be a really big challenge yeah can I just say one thing about mocktails though is they tend to be very sugary and very sweet and in the beginning as well you don't always want much one of the, the best things that I've discovered that I had no idea about was that and it did mention it in my research but it never really clicked was that your tastes and your cravings change if that makes sense so I don't I no longer want the sugary food I no longer want that sugary drink whereas before I'd be like oh but now it doesn't really appeal and I just found in the beginning as well I just really wanted to be gentle with my stomach and just be kind to myself so I would kind of stay away I might have one or two of those, but I tended to find that I would then end up having half the glass and then I would sort of fall back to my, my water, to be honest, or, or sparkling water even if you wanted to feel a bit more fancy. Yeah. So with a slice of lemon, I found that was also quite nice, just a slice yes. of lemon, water and ice. You yeah. know, it's all who, who you are. That's great. And so you've talked a bit about the emotional side, this, what we talked about, what was challenging and what other things have you found? And I mean, I know the answer to some of these things, but because we've worked together, but what have you found the hardest things to adjust to after weight loss surgery? What have been, so you got, you said the emotional side was a bit harder. The physical recovery was good. Emotional was a bit harder. Longer term now, is there things that you're finding harder, longer to adjust to, or you feel that you're getting, you're really rocking along? Because a year and a half, isn't it, post-surgery? Yeah, year and a yeah. half, yeah. So I think, to be honest, committing to the diet change, the exercise was easy for me. Supplements, remembering the supplements was hit and miss, but committing to 
preparation for food because it's too easy to fall back into your old, old habits. And that was a real mindset change for me. It was making the lists, working the lists, coming on, on sort of a Sunday and going and doing my shopping for the week. That kind of stuff really was. And I'm a very, like, I'm very busy from a work perspective, from a social perspective. And I actually had to turn around and give myself a good talking to because I felt a few times I'd even let you down. I'd be like, oh, I'll do this. And then the next time we came around and I hadn't. And I think that's where a lot of us fall down is because you battle with your weight, you try a lot of various diets along the way and you think you've picked it all up and you think you understand. My biggest thing has been protein, 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 protein the whole time. And then it was learning, it was taking it baby steps. It's You've got to take it step by step and putting things into action to help yourself. Like one of the things I did even before I had the operation and it's not food related was, well, it is technically food related. They said, write down 20 things that you can do that doesn't involve food. So 20 activities, go to the museum or walk your dog or learn to paddle ski or play the guitar, whatever it is, but write down 20 things that you can do that don't involve food. Because everything we do revolves around, let's meet for lunch, let's meet for dinner, let's have breakfast, let's go for a walk and then we'll have breakfast. You know what I mean, like everything mm. that people do revolves around food in this day and age. And it was trying to make sure that I kept myself occupied and mentally focused on those sort of things and then introducing the right aspect of nutrition into my life as Beautiful. Well. and sticking with it I think is the commitment to it yeah, yeah. because then it, once you've committed it becomes a way of life but it's getting there in the beginning yeah. yeah, and it takes time and what you're talking about is getting those habits and getting the really key things that are really important and getting them rolling yeah and that can definitely yeah. takes time yeah. But I found is I needed ideas and I needed inspiration. You have your inspirations for your meals and your snacks and your and I find now I'll go to the shops and I don't even think about looking at the labels and I now know what to look at. And one of the again, it was it tricks and things. So I had something on my phone that when I'd go, okay, well, what did Jane say? And then, and then I would go and compare it. So then yeah. now because I was doing that. Mm. Okay, I, I like learning as well, though. So learning is fun for me. So that was, now I know, now I understand, okay, this this is the, the limit here or that sort of thing. But it, it is, it's a process. Mm. And you are going to fall down. You do fall down. You got to just pick yourself up again, carry on. Because even when you fall down, you've still put some foundation in place. So you're not starting from the beginning again, you know? Oh, definitely. And that's around, I think, reflecting on all of the great things you've done and all the successes you've had. Because human nature can be, we just look at what we haven't done. And you've got some really lovely wisdom in there. Now, I would love to ask, because we obviously we worked together for nine months. Can you remember that time where you decided like, oh, actually, I need to get support. Like I need, I really, I could do this on my own or I'm not doing this on my own. Because we didn't work together from day one of your surgery, there was a point where you said, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to find somebody to, to help me. Can you remember what that point was? I'd love to hear more about that. So like I say, I, I did think I knew quite a bit about food, but I think one of the most important things that you can teach your children in this day and age is how to eat properly. 
I think it's huge. I think maybe that's something you should think about also doing, Jane, is teaching parents to teach their kids because my mum is a naturally good eater. She just happens to like the healthy stuff. My sister is the same. I'm my father's child and I like all the wrong foods at all the wrong times. Although I don't eat a lot, I don't have that right metabolism. When I went through all of this, they, the hospital did put me in contact with a nutritionist, but she was very blasé about it all. She was just sort of like, well, well, you've got to do 60 grams of this, 80 grams of this, make sure you don't have this, and off you go. There's the, a great nutritional milkshake. And about two months into it, so it was after I'd gone through the section afterwards, the liquid the dietary phases, yeah, the yeah, yeah. The fluid and pureed and soft, yeah. Exactly. And then I realized I've been given all these recipes that you can Google online and stuff, but it didn't help me because it was reactive rather than preparation. Does that mean there was nothing intentional in what I was doing? And I, I realized again, after like the third day in a row where I was just falling back on cheese and eggs and an omelet with cheese on it or an omelet with a bit of salmon <laughs> or do, do you know what I mean? Like you're I egging, you're, I call it egging out. You've got yes. over-egging. <laughs> and I've never been a, a somebody who cooks. So I didn't really, I had no idea. I realized, I woke up one day and I just thought, I actually don't understand. I don't know what I don't know. So I can't help myself. I do know that I, I need something. I need some stepping stones that help me. I need something that works for me. And I need some understanding how to create that because just by somebody giving me some menus, that's not helping me. Not really. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining myself. Very oh, well yes. And look, you're talking my language, but that's also yeah. why you chose to work with me. <laughs> because <laughs> when people apply to work with me or reach out, they'll go, do you have meal plans? Can you re recommend meal plans? Like that's the answer. And if they had that, everything's going to go okay and fall into place. And unfortunately, the real answer is the harder work, but it's the work worth doing, which is the behaviour change and learning how to eat and how to get a great schedule and having good options on hand and being able to estimate your protein yourself really easily and understand exactly all the different, more than eggs and cheese and protein shakes. There's a whole lot of foods that have protein in them. Now tell me, is this you? You have had your bariatric surgery and you're feeling lost. You're lacking support and you don't know what to eat and when. Or you may have noticed after your surgery, your hunger and cravings have started to return and you are scared you won't reach your goals. You may have had some weight regain and you wanna stop the weight regain and lose some more weight. You may be pre-surgery and you want support to be fully prepared for your weight loss surgery journey. If any of these sound like you, then listen up. I have developed my bariatric nutrition bootcamp just for you. My coaching program provides education, coaching and community for people getting ready for their weight loss surgery and at every stage after their surgery. There are four key areas that I focus on with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp. One is the bariatric nutrition basics. You will learn what and how to eat so you feel satisfied, reach your protein and fluid goals and have less cravings and know how to manage your hunger 
in the future. Meal ideas and meal planning. You'll learn to plan meals and snacks that you like. So you have great options on hand when it comes time to eat. Also, we focus on mastering weight regain habits, identifying any habits that are stopping you from reaching your goals and create manageable strategies to get back on the straight and narrow so you can manage your weight for the rest of your life. And also I focus with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp on learning to trust your body and food. Start to enjoy your food again by relearning to listen to your body cues so you have less guilt and improve your relationship with food and your body. If you are ready to maximize your weight loss surgery results, feel confident in your journey and be led with support and expert guidance, then the Bariatric Nutrition Bootcamp is for you. If you would like to know more about my coaching program, check out the link in the show notes. So it's, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. What I was going to say is that one of the things when we had our first meeting that I really liked, because I think it was something that was important to me was, can you teach me the steps? I think I actually said to you, I don't want just, I want, obviously I want the recipes, but I want to understand how to get there. And then you held my hand along the way and you actually showed me how to do it. And I needed that because like you said, there's so much else going on. You've just gone through this operation. You're dealing with how you deal with people. How do you answer the questions people ask you without feeling guilty about, I still feel a bit guilty when people go, oh my gosh, I've lost about 37 kgs, 38 kgs. And I still feel like I've got about another 10 to 15. But people go, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. And not to feel guilty and go, well, actually, I had an operation because the operation was the start. And it's been the, the exercise and the food and the, everything else that's gone into it, that commitment that's got me to this place. And I think it's pretty quick as well. But that's just me. But I didn't want to get to this place and then fall down because I didn't know how to do the rest yeah and that's what I needed was that helping hand and that's why you were so fantastic you didn't just go here you go off you go you were like right here you go let's do it step by step and it's that step by step if somebody's prepared to help you like that it's yeah immeasurable it's priceless absolutely priceless yeah Yeah, fantastic and it needs to be step by step Joe, because you can't do everything overnight you just can't change so much overwhelming yeah (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, you know, so no, that's wonderful. And I don't know if you've heard me say this because uh, I do say it sometimes, but it's the eating habits that help get you the best result from your surgery are the same habits that will help you keep all those successes. Yeah. So they're the same. So what that means is you keep practicing all the things that you've learned that we've worked on together. Are you going to drift off? Yes. Are you not going to be perfect? Yes because you're human but it's wonderful and it's yeah you know you've 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 come so far but also you've done the work I couldn't have done it again like I say you do need to have cheerleaders and I like I consider you one of my cheerleaders because you've helped me from a nutritious perspective the people I live with the people I hang out with obviously you pick a couple of those people and you ask them for help and you you know you need somebody that you're going to meet to exercise because you're not always going to want to exercise you're not always going to want to eat right you're not always going to and I'm not talking about somebody who's going to lecture you but who's going to support you one of my friends if I go for dinner or lunch with her we'll pick something that we both like to eat and we'll share the meal because I can't eat to that same level 
But I still want to try what's in the main meals as opposed to what's in the starters. And sometimes the restaurants here, some of them allow you to take your food home, some of them don't. Then it's great. Then I'll have it for lunch the next day. But you still want to have a a life. That's the whole reason of why you've done this, so that A, you can be healthy and you can enjoy your life properly. And if that means that if the food you're eating is limiting that or your ability to go out or see people or interact, then you need to work out a way to do that properly. And you do that with the people in your life that help you do that. Those, those, those cheerleaders along the way. You know? Beautiful. The professional and the personal. It's so important. And it's going to look different for different people because mm. different people need yeah, different things. I call it like building your team. And because they are there to help you on the days and you've got your good girlfriends there. They're obviously helping sharing the meals and being there, which is really wonderful because you want to be able to talk to people about not just the physical challenges, but the, the, the emotional. So that's really wonderful. So what does life look like for you in the next 12 months? All right. So I do still have some way to go. So that's a definite. And I found that I think if you have a goal to work for that helps so I think I might look into see if there's a like a swimming competition or like a mid-mile mile to swim or something like that that might help me to to achieve that obviously with the weight loss comes flabby skin and all that so I'm going to have to consider whether or not um, I want to go down any surgical procedures on that level but because of the food I've been eating because of the collagen I've been taking I found that that's hopefully I won't have to do anything that extreme but yeah no I mean I've already living I would say my best life <laughs> already I don't feel like I have to wait till next year or I think this 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 year has been a huge change but it's already coming to where I want to be but it's maintaining that it's staying on point it's keeping up the exercise it's that commitment like I said to diet to exercise to supplements to myself really it's not about being selfish it's about being self-aware being conscious of of what you want to achieve and why you did that because I haven't been sick Jane in a year like I was three months I had the flu I had this I was in aches and pains and it was just constant and none of yeah. that. I still have a personal trainer that I meet three times a week. And then I have a friend who I go to gym with or I go walking with almost every second day as well. And he's been fantastic. But, and PT said to me, she said, you used to have to cancel all the time because you were sick. She said, and she pointed it out. I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, and that's very positive. I just want to keep on the same track if possible. You know, in, in terms of like a nutritious stuff, there's a couple more lists that I'd like to produce. So that's still an ongoing process. But yeah, I think I'm already where I was hoping to be and a lot sooner than I expected, to be honest. Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, it's been great. I'd like to do another six months of no booze, (laughs) but we'll see. (laughs) But yeah. You've done so well, but also you put that hard work in right from the word go but then you reached out and got support when you really needed it so you deserve all the benefits and all the the lovely outcomes you've got yeah I think that that's something you need to recognize about yourself is if you need the help you need to ask for it so I read quite a lot and they were like you might need to speak to a psychologist so I went to see one person and I realized that actually I was okay from that side of things so I didn't need that I know that I need uh, somebody to commit to going to, to gym 
So every Monday, if you can afford to have a personal trainer, just to start the first day of the week with exercise. But if you can't, then make sure there's a friend or somebody there to do put that in place um, to, for help because it's it's not always easy. The food as well with you that if, if you can't afford it, save and get it because it's, that knowledge is knowledge for life as well. Um, and I think the hardest thing for me was to to tell my folks and my personal trainer that I was doing the, the operation. I think I cried because, yeah. you know, and what was so nice for me was how supportive everybody was when I told them. I was expecting, well, are you sure this is really a very big step and all of these sort of things. And I think what I didn't realize is people had seen me battle, had seen me try, had seen me fail. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they were very supportive, yeah. It's lovely. So much, it really helped, but it was a scary thing to do. And yes. it was I'm glad I did it though. Best yeah. thing ever. <laughs> well, it's a point of real vulnerability, isn't it, when you, you share that? And it's lovely when you have that. And it's mm -hmm. really challenging when people don't. So that is why I do talk about the team side of things quite a bit, because your team can look quite different. Sometimes the best people that are your cheerleaders and your team can be people that you aren't you haven't known 20 years but you've known a short time but they're going through even the same thing and they really get where you're at because everyone's really different about who they want to tell who they want to share their journey with and it's such a personal decision so it is really <laughs> personal yeah and it can be really hard when people do have that conversation joe and they don't get the same support that you've got mm. because you feel it's so it's vulnerable so it's really, I think, for people to think everyone's team's going to look different and it's around who's going to be on my team that's really going to be there to support me. I do have warning bells when I start working with somebody that maybe have told not many people, but as long as they've got at least one or two that they've got there with them, then we've got, we're going to be okay because I'm on their team as well. Yeah. So you know, that's really a lovely thing to share, Joe, because people are going to relate to it. Yeah, you can't do anything alone. I mean, you've got to ask for help um, and you don't have to tell everybody. It's like you said just now, it's it's personal. It was a big decision to come and chat with you on this, to be honest. Yeah. But they were where I was. Then at least my experience might help them a little bit. That'd be great. But it's a, it is a personal choice. And I've been very lucky in that I haven't had a lot of kickback. I haven't told loads of people. I've told the friends that are in my life. But you don't have to. People don't tell everybody when you get a boob job. Why do you have to tell everybody when you have bariatric surgery? Well, some people do tell everyone if they have a boob job. <laughs> but no, exactly. It's your own business. It's about in the, those really early days or pre-surgery, it's about thinking who, who are going to be my cheerleaders. But mm -hmm. it comes up for people at different times because it might not be something they can sit really contemplate or think about a lot in the early days. And then they get to two months and they get more often that's the time when people start going out more and get more social and then it's like oh how do I handle this and I always know I just go someone goes oh you've lost so much weight and I go oh, thank you and then they go well how did you do it and then I'm like oh. yeah yeah <laughs> ate less and you move protein protein <laughs> protein you up for longer yeah. and it helps your muscles build and yeah. uh, let me tell you about protein and they'll be like, I need to go and get another drink. I need to get away from this woman. No, <laughs> they won't ask you again. Wonderful. You've done so well. And it's really lovely to share your journey. Really, thank you so much. That's lovely for 
coming on and taking that step. This is your first podcast. I'm only podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might get a taste for it. Maybe you come back in a 12 months' time and it'll be update from Joe. Give me the opportunity to share, actually. Yeah, yes. lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for being ready nice and early Dubai time because you are earlier than me. Anything you'd like to share with anyone? Any pearls of wisdom? I think just celebrate your successes, to be honest. And I mean, a success can be sitting on an airplane and the seat belt buckle isn't a problem. It's for me, one of the other surprising things is that you have your thin clothes, but my thin clothes are now my big clothes. And that was also kind of fun. And be kind to yourself in the first couple of months. Like really, it's not a race. You've got the rest of your life ahead of you. Just take it easy and pay attention. Listen, follow the rules. Like I think it's, it's too easy for people not to. I've heard some stories of some people who really battled through all of this and they wanted to stick to the very greasy, very not good food, which creates a, a horrible environment for yourself. Like you really do need to try and stick to the rules and to, to do the best you can for yourself because it's a, it was a big decision to make. So follow it up with a big commitment, at least in the beginning. Lovely final words. And thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate your time. And everyone listening, thank you so much for supporting my podcast and for listening to the podcast. If you do enjoy uh, my podcast, I would love you to rate the podcast and even give me a review. That would be wonderful. So thank you so much. And I look forward to being back in your ears next week. Bye for now.